Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to our podcast series, The Transformational Impact of Data on Businesses. And today with our episode, The Strategic Power of Data Warehousing and People Analytics. Today, I have the great pleasure to have two special guests in the podcast. One of them is Rilin Lim. He's the Director of Business Intelligence at Concentra. And the other special guest is Pratim Das, and he's the Head of Data Analytics at Microsoft. But Rilin, maybe you can shortly introduce yourself as the first person. Sure. Thank you, Ronald. My name is Weilin Lim, and I'm the Director of Business Intelligence at Concentra. I specialize in data warehousing and analytics platforms, and I've been doing this for the last 20 years or so. At Concentra for the last 10 years, I've been delivering data analytics platforms on Microsoft and most recently Azure. And I'm also the creator and product owner of TrueQ, which is our new agile data warehousing automation platform, again, built completely on Azure. Thank you, William. And Pratim, maybe you can give a short introduction. Thanks, Roland. It's Pratim. Pratim Das. I run the data and I solutions architecture team at Microsoft for our global and strategic customers. Like William, been in sort of world of data and AI for about 20 years, been in Microsoft for two years, Amazon before, Dell before. So yeah, very much looking forward to talking to you guys. We have more than 60 years of experience today in the room. Could have a great conversation. I'm Ronald Van Loon. I'm your host today. I'm director at the data analytics consultancy firm on one hand, but I'm also course advisor for a leading professional certification company, which is called Simply Learn. And I'm also an author of multiple coaching series for business leaders and C-level executives in how to succeed in this new intelligent economy, all based upon uh, on data. But let's dive straight into the topic today. If we talk about this age, what we see is that all businesses realize that there's real value in data. I don't think we have to, to explain that anymore. And with us with more than 60 years of experience for sure not but what we see as well is that if you want to rapidly unlock this value that's really still a challenge and many companies and organizations face today really this challenge and they don't want to run a dedicated technical data team sometimes they don't have the resources for this to maintain and to administer and to expand the data and the data governance and to unlock this value yeah, they need to have as well a solid data warehousing solution. So let's dive into the, the first topic for our conversation. And then we look to the challenges, the, the business challenges that end-to-end data warehousing and people analytics can address. And maybe, Wilin, you can kick off with sharing your experience from your last 20 years. Thanks, Ronald. That's a great question. So I think these days, everyone understands that there is huge value in data and one of the biggest challenges we see when working with our clients is the pace that the business wants to work compared to the pace that the IT teams can support them working. The businesses have questions that are always ambiguous and those questions and answers always lead to other questions. So having a platform that can support them answering their standard questions, but also be flexible enough to help them when they come up with new questions or new analysis they want to do That's really important. And also the fact that the types of data that people can use now is changing rapidly. And you have to be able to have a platform that can support all of those capabilities. So whether there's a single 
main challenge that a business has or a department has or whether there are lots of questions you need to ensure that the platform you put in place that can support answering those types of questions is flexible and scalable enough to be able to do that going forwards and Prateem what's your view on this if you look at any business you know private sector or public sector the data sources could be totally different so are the different types of data Some could be very slowly changing and ginormous sets of data, whereas you also see super fast real-time data coming into the enterprises these days. Well, if you then look at the ultimate objective, if you distill it down, there's only four types, right? So one, if you think optimized operations, and the second is stay competitive by harnessing the power of data and AI. And most importantly, provide value to your end customers. Whichever organization you are, you have to provide, continue to invent to produce value to your customers. And finally, on the sort of acquiring more customers and reaching out widely and thereby improving your profitability, right? So those are the four things that kind of mainly we need to uh, deliver. And in order to do that, if you look at the technology landscape, we now have extremely powerful algorithms Cloud computing is a democratized computing completely, ever reducing cost of storage and access to lots of data sets, right? So customers of all shapes and sizes can get started very, very easily. And as Willen says, all of this when wrapped up to an end-to-end analytics platform that can harness insights from various types of systems to meet all those four objectives, we can definitely do that. So it is possible to do that, but you know, we see some challenges and we as an industry were getting to solve a lot of those these days. And you were mentioning it already, access to the data to retrieve this value and to create this value. That means that not only a small group of analytics people should be able to access the data, but it's more democratization of data. And that's a goal for many companies now. And then we can look as well at companies, their culture, they have teams, they have organization, is their foundation. And if I talk to companies, they talk about, I want a single version of the truth. I want robust data architecture. But on the other hand, they want this agile results, which you were referring to, to produce these accurate reports that have strategic value and that can really influence the decision-making. And they want to update it frequently because this business is changing so fast. So if we then look what is needed from this organizational, but also from a technological, from a cultural and a team perspective when we adopting these type of solution and really maybe you can kick off thank you i think the most important part here is to understand that data really is a strategic asset and that understanding needs to come from the top of the company the organization when you start seeing that and actually believing it you start putting processes in place, you start putting people in place that look after that asset and are responsible for generating value from it. Roles like the CDO, you know, they've been around probably for a few years now, but they're definitely becoming more and more important because companies do realize that actually that is a specific role to help people unlock that value. In terms of actually understanding then where your company is and your data maturity, that's again very important because In a large company, 
even different departments will have different maturity. You, you'll see as you go across different departments from finance to HR to sales, they quite often have disparate approaches. The quality of analytics that they can produce are completely different. And quite often it's focused around finance because it's the money and lacking in HR often where there's people analytics. And we'll touch on that a bit later. But being able to understand and being able to determine your data maturity across the departments, the different types of users that need access to this data. So you can have CXOs that are just accessing standard regular reporting, but then you also have business analysts in various areas that actually need the ability to ad hoc reporting, to be able to answer questions quickly as they develop, and also to be able to explore new data sets because people are always complementing the current standard data sets, the ones that are governed within a company with external data that actually adds richness to that story. And then when you can understand those departments and their needs, actually creating advocates in those areas, someone that can lead that data advocacy within the departments, again, creates a team across the company that is driving that data maturity forwards. And with that, having the IT team completely on board working directly with the business, hand in hand, to be able to support each other, to make sure they have the robustness and governance, but also can act flexibly and provide the tools that people actually need to use. All that together will really drive forward data maturity. And then Prateem, you talk to so many different clients in different industries. What's your experience? It's, it's, it's a you know very good question, and I think well answered pretty much majority of the areas that we see. The only thing I would like to add is the culture aspect. I think organizations uh, really need to get into that principles of think big, start small, and build fast. So those are the kind of three pillars how they can really get around those. And today, you know, we see technologies from vendors such as ourselves, our partners. And the tooling is out there. So it'll, and cloud obviously makes you to fail fast. So innovation is no longer challenging. You have an idea, you can get it up and running pretty, pretty soon. One of the other points that both of us raised in this call is the balance between innovation and governance. So yes, absolutely, innovation. We've got all the tools and technology to there, but we still need some sort of governance out there. And how we balance the two is often a challenge. And I think that needs to embed it in the culture that we need innovation. We definitely need some sort of governance as well. And another point I want to focus on is all organizations of any shape can start building something called a capability model where they are now and where they need to be in in a um, XYZ amount of time and start really mapping the people, the technology, the skills, and absolutely take that path. Um, so we can pretty much easily do that. And we can see that from, you know, independent of which sector you're coming from. That's always true. And interestingly, if you think about analytics projects, one of the things when we see they don't work very well, when they are purely tech projects, so absolutely spot on, they need to be backed by business outcomes. And those are the ones where they're completely, you know, they have some sort of bottom line that affects the business those are the ones that are successful, such as doing XYZ through analytics can reach another 10% of the audience. Or for example, something like if we do this, if we track this through our analytics system, then we can increase profitability by X percent or reduce risk by Y 
or by applying recommendations have increased sales by you know 50% for example month over month so analytics projects have got the best visibility in terms of aligning to the business so we need to ensure that culture is always the tech and business need to go through always side by side hand to hand all the time in order to make this successful that's all I would want to add yeah maybe one addition that i see as well is organizational structure and the impact of organizational structure on your culture and i think already around one third of all organizations are moving more to a multidisciplinary team structure versus a departmental structure where you have people from sales, marketing, analytics, from product management, all supporting certain business goals and driving this business part as a team instead of having a department, having a sales, marketing, operational and and service department. That's an important change to support your organizational culture and also yeah, then providing the technological access to your data helps this drive in becoming data-driven, I think. I did some research, some statistics. One of them is from Gartner. And they state that by the end of 2021, there's going to be three times as many analytics experts in business than IT. So we see um, a big shift from analytics experts moving from IT to business where the analytics systems become much more easier to use. You don't need as much expertise anymore. Some other research from LinkedIn where 55% of the server talent professionals that they had, they said they still need help in putting basics people analytics in, into practice. So it's not like, okay, we have the people and, and it works. And an additional stat, statistic from Gardner says, 70% of the organizations expect to increase the resources they dedicate to talent analytics in, in the coming years. So we see a huge drive and movement to business analytics. So what steps do organizations need to meet the demands of this evolving analytics environments and put a people analytics strategy into practice. Reading, maybe you can again kick off. Thanks, Ronald. It's really interesting hearing those stats and it's what we're seeing when we talk to our clients. The requirements for analytics and actually the budgets being held to deliver those analytics are more and more being driven by the business and the IT teams are there to govern and to assist But as you say, they're no longer just IT projects and they just don't work when they're just IT projects. When the business really has those answers to get to and they have the analysts to serve, that's when it really works. And um, one of the examples we we have from working with a FTSE 10 company is exactly that point where they're looking to do people analytics and they want to do this within their organization, but within the business. And these days, as Platin mentioned, being able to try out different capabilities that are are simplified now, simplified so that businesses can use without much risk, without much waiting, is really, really useful. So similar to that, that's one of the reasons we created TrueQ. So our platform for generating an Azure data warehouse automatically is, is meant for actual business departments to use. So being able to create something that normally would be quite complicated for an IT team to do, but to be done within the business and owned. This is why that particular FTSE 10 company wanted to use us for that. The people analytics challenge, this is actually more around people within organizations. 
everyone agrees now that people are the most important asset in an organization. That and data, if you don't have good people, good data, it's likely your organization won't be working as well as it should be. And actually, in HR teams, they are usually lacking behind when doing people analytics properly. They're quite often working with spreadsheets and still doing quite basic reporting and actually being able to unlock capabilities for HR teams to do proper people analytics across their whole organization and look at what's happening with their talent. You know, how are they progressing? How do they make sure that they're getting the right people? And then also then how do they make sure that they progress the way they should? This is where data maturity comes in, where you can do the basic analysis of the people across your company, but also unlocking valuable insights through AI and ML, looking at things like flight risk, talent acquisition, how these people progress. Being able to do that type of analysis in your organization hugely benefits an organization and unlocks that potential within the talent within that organization. Pratim, what do you think that organizations need to do to manage this demand of this evolving analytics? I think with anything, we do anything we want to measure. I think there are three A's to it. First, it needs to be accessible. The second is it needs to be actionable. And the most importantly, it needs to be auditable, right? So in order to see if it's successful or not, it definitely needs to be measurable. So absolutely, people analytics, how we are, or even in a project, how it's been successful, how the business outcome has been delivered, all of those. I think putting a framework together from the very start before we do anything, I think it's very important that way we can measure how projects, people performance, team performance is working. And the tools and technologies that we have these days absolutely enable us to do that measure our success, refine ourselves, and not, not even measure it. What it helps us gain insights. And with insights, it helps us to learn and you know, do something even better when we try next time. I think another topic which is of real importance is your privacy and your security and managing your privacy and security. For some organizations, it's quite a challenge. If you look to all the processes, you have your ETL processes where you collect all your data, whether it's personal related data or other type of data. On the other hand, you need to manage your data quality, your validation logic, your dependency checks. You have your data loads, you have your quality monitoring, your encryption. If you talk about very sensitive data as well, On the other hand, you have your data warehousing documentation you need to take care of. So in all these steps, data privacy and data security needs to be taken into account as a very important topic. So if we look to companies managing the data privacy and security, they think it's really a top concern. And I think it's as well because it's your solid foundation for your future. How did you handle data governance and compliance when you're managing different implementation? And maybe Pratim, uh, you can kick off this one. Uh, It's a very, very topical question, really. So I think security is often, we see often gets an afterthought, like when we just, let's get the project started and then we'll think about it. I think that's probably not the best thing to do. I think it's best upfront from the beginning, having a very clear security structure around your project, working with your security team, your CISO for a data project, I think is absolutely key. 
And if we don't do those, those are the projects that take longer because proving your organizational security requirements at a later stage often is challenging. So embedding someone from your security team very early on, I think it was definitely something I would recommend. And in terms of like as, as a vendor, if you think of what Microsoft does, the three pillars of security, privacy and compliance is baked in everything we do, right? Starting from an Xbox to our Azure machine learning services, everything. Those are the three principles of anything we do. And that's what we also work with our customers and our partners. Whenever you're building in on those, start thinking about those things very early on. Put a framework together. Put those matrices for every stages of the project to ensure you're complying with those. And, and, and uh, sharing the stories also as a community within a particular customer and also how you enable the particular compliance. How do you build a framework that allowed you to do innovation in a very secure and compliant way is also something worth sharing so that you know, enable your colleagues, your customers, your partners to definitely have trust in you and trust is the most important thing in today's world in order for us to be successful in any project definitely for data yeah definitely and and Whelan, if you start with an implementation when do you bring data privacy security and governance on the table i completely agree with pratim it, it needs to be thought of right at the beginning and when we look at azure there are so many great security features within there and this was the point when you know, when we work on our own products, our own SaaS products, which are based on Azure, we use all those capabilities from encryption in transit and rest, the Azure firewalls, ensuring we have service principles between governed layers. The actual governance should be thought of at the beginning. There should be access policies and a real understanding of who's doing what with the data. Now, we've done numerous projects with the NHS and also in people analytics where we're actually looking at salary data. So offering that kind of security and that kind of confidence to our clients is extremely important. So when we look at our product, we build security in right at the beginning. And and there's no question that being able to ensure that you have a secure and audited environment is extremely important. Whether you're a large company or a a small company or or a small department, you do need to consider that. And it's not enough just knowing that it's there. You actually need to have some specialist capability to ensure that it's being applied when when you start these projects. Pratim was mentioning it in the beginning already. It's all about business value. That's where it starts. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about this business impact as well. If I speak to organizations and they want to implement a data warehouse solution, they talk about organizational effectiveness, make everything more efficient, where the success of this data warehouse solution really depends on how they plan, how they design, how they execute all the, the testing and the issues with the data inconsistency or the data quality, the data security, the, the ETL processes, but also performance. And in the end, of course, the user experience. If we now look to the impact that it has, what short and long-term business impact has an end-to-end data warehousing strategy for organizations that you're talking to? Wilin, can, can you kick it off? Absolutely. So I'm a firm believer in letting the business own the analytics. Having data ready for the various types of users to be able to get to their data the way they need it 
and with the tools that benefit them is hugely important because if you don't give that, it then turns into another IT project. So the business drives the value of this. There are always different types of users within the business. There, there, there will be some business users that actually do just want uh, standard reports once a day, week or month. There are definitely others that need to do ad hoc reporting. And then there will be others that may be doing some more experimental data science high work. What they all have in common is that they need to know that their data is correct whether they locate that source themselves or whether they feed off the departmental or the organizational data warehouse, if they go via a data warehouse, they should expect that data quality to be there. It's been standardized, it's been validated, it's been audited. If they bring in new data sources, they need to take responsibility to ensure that what they are actually looking at, they they understand fully and they can deal with any data quality issues because those are very important. You don't want to be in a situation where different people are bringing in data sources in an ungoverned way where they potentially will come up with different answers to the same question just because of their understanding of the data. So having a data warehouse where people know that the data coming off it is definitely correct, but also allowing uh, certain users to be able to enrich that data with other sources based on their capability and their understanding of that data I think that's what really unlocks value within departments and organizations to, to get those business analysts really delivering. And Pratim, you were addressing this, this business failure already as a key driver initially. What's your view on this? Absolutely agree. The purpose of the data warehouse and the associated tools are to address the why, the what, and the when for the business, right? And in order to do so, Technically, what are the two things they need? One is the manageability. Building data warehouse these days, to start off, is pretty straightforward. The cloud has got so many tools and every vendor out there is there. But how do you build a sustainable system that gives you the insights you want at the speed at which your business wants is the most important. So the manageability, is, I think, is the number one thing. And the second other important thing is time to market. So, for example, you know, your end customers of your data warehouse wants more granular report. And if that takes you another three weeks to build it, really, I mean, you really need to revisit what you're doing. How can you optimize those operations so that, you know, your time to market to do anything to enable your business, your business users to run their analytics, to drive their business much faster? I think that is the most important thing. So... Yeah, in terms of a data warehouse, again, I think it's designed, as William says, to optimize operations of the business, to you know, make that organization competitive, you know, provide value to the end customers, and most importantly, increase the organization's profitability. Basically, the last question, you both have more than 20 years of experience. We have to bring real value to the listeners as well. So let's see what we can come up with for the tips and advice that we can give them. So if we look to companies nowadays, whether you're a mid-sized company or a large company, you want an innovative approach, a low-code approach, because your business users have to use the analytics environment. And you're looking for more and more automation, preferably as much as possible, end-to-end automation. You were, Protein was already talking about this faster time to market, which brings faster time to value as well. And... This is all you want to do and manage and model and govern in, in one platform. 
So the main question I think to end up with is what advice would you give organizations that are seeking to implement a new data warehousing solution and where should they start and what steps should they take? Wieland, can you kick off? This is really interesting because the answer I'm going to give, I think, applies to small companies as well as large companies. And actually, they should start small. There's no need to have a big bang approach to needing a full data warehouse for absolutely everything. And before that's done, we can't do any analysis. What they should really do is choose priority areas to start with. They should also consider, especially smaller companies, do they have technical capabilities to do this in-house? Because as you mentioned, there are more and more agile ways to do things, more automated ways, uh, no-code approaches. And that's exactly where our platform Truku comes in, because it's that type of platform is there to simplify quite complicated technical approaches for people and really these days people need to remember to be agile people don't usually know all the data sources they will ever add to their data platform at the beginning and they can prioritize that but they want to make sure that whatever they are putting together has the ability to work flexibly with them they can add new data sources when they need to and they can change what they have built prior without huge effort and if you're a smaller company this is harder to do and and that's where i'd say you should really look at engaging with experts that are able to help you ensure that you achieve what you're trying to do the first time even with larger companies where you have it teams that are quite often actually too busy those are also areas where engaging with experts and adding to your resource with external help does benefit and we've seen this with our clients so we have clients that are FTSE 10 companies we have clients that are just small hospices and those sizes of clients do benefit from our approach our expertise in actually helping them to start small helping them to grow with the cloud technologies these days as you know you pay for what you need at the time and uh, you don't have to worry about oversizing, overspecking something because as your requirements grow, as your needs grow, as you become more mature, you just add to those services. And, and, and that's why working in the cloud with Azure, uh, with tools like TrueCue are so beneficial and easy to get going with. And Pratim, what advice do you have? I think well and clearly articulated value prop of the cloud and the technologies that comes with it. And definitely that is the most important thing to leverage in definitely if you're, if you're building a data oriented project today. What, what I think the other two things that I want to add, one is define your goals and definitely find a way to measure it. So that is the correlate anything and everything you're doing in a data project with a business goal i think that's the key another other challenge often when i see you know analytics projects are not going as fast as possible is when customers you know quite rightly there's so many options out in the market these days they end up into a never-ending learning loop and the actual business outcome they, they you know they learn bake-offs etc but, but the business outcome they, they actually completely forget and they end up becoming a technology challenge so really focus on the business challenge you know follow the architectural best principles of separation of storage and compute microservices and really focus on driving those business outcomes to those architectural pillars and and 
avoid too much analysis on the what tools and what stuff you know use what it is work out what your capability is now and where you need to reach out have a plan use azure obviously for you know the cloud capabilities it provides use partner solutions uh, use the right tools and definitely learn from the success stories of others uh, you know listen out to you know there's so much you know podcast videos uh, so many industry events out there and really see how other customers have done xyz and learn from those and bring those into your data projects for sure i think this is great advice both from you Wheelin, and, and prateem this brings us to the end of the podcast i really would like to thank the listeners, but also, of course, Wheelin and Prateem, thank you for sharing more than 20 years of experience each. I think it was a great conversation. Once again, thank you for listening and hope to see you next time. You've been listening to the EM360 podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com. 